0: Welcome to the ARRIVE podcast, the U.S. immigration law podcast for Canadians. Today, we are going to be discussing what if you are denied entry to the United States. And the, we've narrowed it down to what we think are the, the top three reasons people are denied entry to the United States when entering from Canada. To, to simplify it and to be able to focus our conversation on these, these three main reasons people are denied The first reason we see people are denied is that they have the wrong intent when they're coming into the United States for what they're doing in the United States. The second would be they could potentially be working in the United States and don't have proper authorization to do what they're doing in the United States. And the third would be that they are inadmissible to the United States for some reason. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Canadians in general, right? Mm -hmm. Canadians in general have a status that is called visa exempt. I guess that's not a status. They're <laughs> visa exempt, which means just like Americans, they're not required to have a visa to enter the United States. They're exempt from having to have that.
1: Right. And it's kind of a unique status too, because most other countries that don't require a visa aren't visa exempt. They actually are part of a visa waiver. Yeah. They're from a visa waiver country. So, so you have
0: to fill out, you actually have to fill out a form and and declare certain things so that you can get your visa waiver.
1: Right. So this is a unique, um, you know, perspective for, for Canadians. Um, They're the only ones that really are visa exempt.
0: Yep. They show up at the border. And if it's wrong, as long as you have the correct, and they call it witty compliant document, Western Hemisphere Travel Initiative. So if you have certain documents to prove your identity that authorize travel, if you show up with one of those documents, for example, a passport, Nexus card, a sentry card, like there are certain documents, if you show up with those at the port of entry, it's a valid document that allows you to simply enter the United States. And that's where we get into the reasons people are denied. So when you show up to a port of entry and you're seeking entry to the United States, even as a Canadian, even though you might be visa exempt, there's an assumption that you have to overcome to enter the United States. And the assumption is... That you are immigrating to the United States, that you're an intending immigrant. So everybody that approaches the U.S. border, Canadian
1: or not, is presumed to be coming in as an immigrant.
0: In other words, you're coming here with the intent to stay permanently to the United States. Right. Now, if you don't have the right authorization to do that, then they could deny you entry. To immigrate to the United States, you actually have to have a visa. You, you cannot come in your visa-exempt status if your intent is to immigrate. You also can't um, come to the United States if you have other intent that we'll discuss later, such mm-hmm. as working. So the first one is your intent. What is your purpose when you're coming to the United States? Are you coming because you're a snowbird? This is a common one. You're a snowbird, and you're going down to Florida, and you have a vacation property down there, and you're just going for a few months? Right. So what classifies someone as as you know an intending immigrant what would what would
1: set that off that you know the presumptions there but what really confirms it for a border officer is it that you're going to stay for six months well no because under the visa exemption you're allowed to come in as a visitor for up to six months in any 12 month period so that's not and going even to even then you come back in, in yep. if
0: they'll let you as long as sure. you keep demonstrating that you're just here temporarily right, right. so that's a good question so what what triggers that border officer to say, "Eh, you are an intending immigrant. We have many examples for this. For example, we had a client, current client that we're helping out, but ran into a situation. She was going to California, I think, Mm -hmm. because her U.S. citizen husband lives in California. And she declared, you know, naively at the border that, hey, I'm going to... United States, and I'm going to get married to my husband, and we're going to live there permanently. Eh, Wrong answer. (laughs) You are, as a visa-exempt Canadian, you cannot enter the United States with the intent to immigrate.
1: Right, you just confirmed that presumption for the border officer. Oh, we look at you as an intending immigrant, and you confirmed, yes,
0: I'm intending to immigrate to the U.S. And that's probably the number one reason, believe it or not, that Mm -hmm. I see people get refused entry is they tell the officer straight up what they're doing right and by telling them the wrong thing they get denied entry
1: and i think part of the um the issue is that you can do that in canada you can show up at the border with your spouse and say okay we're coming to live in canada now and we're going to apply for permanent residence in canada and the border officer will allow you in in some cases in the United States, they will never allow you in if you don't have a visa to live in the United States and you say you're going to live there.
0: Yeah, you yeah. have to get that visa first. And there's other things that can trigger it too. Um, and we've, I think we've shared this example in the past, showing up at the border with your U-Haul and your goods in your car, or even an excessive amount of belongings in the or car. Or even
1: your pets. It. I had someone who was pets, denied entry because luggage. they had their pets with them and they, and they were... Um, I think there were several cats and they said, listen, if you're coming as a visitor, people don't usually, you know, for a short period, people don't usually bring their cats. Um, So they denied her entry. And you know what? They were right to do so. She was actually intending to immigrate to the United States when I spoke to her. That was her intention. So, you know, they pick up on that stuff pretty easily. You have to be careful.
0: Or a one-way ticket, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're flying. Flying, usually you can get in easier um, because most people don't fly to the U.S. from Canada to stay here permanently. It's and hard to and bring. And you don't fly with a U-Haul. Yeah, you don't <laughs> fly with your belongings. Um, so if you have a round trip ticket, uh that's, yeah. that's good. But if you don't, it could be a red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if they presume that you're coming to the United States to immigrate, there are m- things that they can ask you for, and they provide this checklist. Um, and you actually you can find it on our website if you if you look for it. It's a immigrant intent checklist is what we refer to it as or a non-immigrant intent checklist Uh, and it provides a list of documents that the border likes to see as evidence that you have ties to your home country here Canada Mm -hmm. and that you have something to go back to for example do you have a job do you have a home do you you go to school Uh, do you own property bank accounts children family. Things like that that are, you have a reason to go back to Canada. If you show up and they and they think that you're immigrating, yeah, like and then they say, you don't have a job, you know, <laughs> Your do you have a house already,
1: in Canada where you live? Oh, I just sold my house. That's well, not good. Yeah, and I got I transferred all my money to my U.S. bank account. They they might deny you entry. I quit for my that. job. Yeah,
0: my husband's already there, or yeah. my spouse is already there. Uh, I mean, let's
1: be clear here. We're not saying that anybody should misrepresent to a border officer. You always be honest and, and answer truthfully what they ask you.
0: Don't put the cart before the horse is what we're saying. Yeah.
1: So don't do those things before you enter the United States because you're going to get flagged. You're going to get, um, you know, denied entry for immigrant intent.
0: And in, in every we, it, when we're retained to represent somebody, we send out a detailed list of instructions on how we're going to handle the case and the evidence that's required. And part of that, as well as our retainer, it, It says it explicitly, do not make permanent arrangements until your visa is approved or until you're authorized to do so. Mm -hmm. Don't sell your house. Don't quit your job. Don't do any of those things until you have that visa in hand that allows you to do it. Because if for some reason it's not approved and and you took those steps, you could be in a world of hurt. Um, So you need to do things in the proper order. So you can immigrate to the United States. You can come, but you have to have the right authorization to do so. So first reason, intent. And Mm -hmm. I would say that's probably the most common reason. They identify that your intent to come to the United States does not fall under the status you're trying to enter under. So visa-exempt people coming to do things they're not allowed to do as a visa-exempt Canadian. And that leads to the second thing as a visa exempt canadian if you're coming to united states you can come for various purposes like we said you can come to visit people you can come to vacation you can come for Go to any
1: conferences t- trade shows uh you know
0: sporting events mm-hmm. whatever it might be as long as it's a temporary event and you're coming to the united states and you're returning to your home country you can do it um, if however you're coming to the united states for purposes of work they could deny you entry right why well visa exempt status does not grant authorization to work and that applies to anybody from all over the world not just canadians canadians just like residents of any other country have to get authorization prior to working in the united states so if the border officer thinks that you are coming to work in the United States or anything like unto it. Mm-hmm. And I say that because <laughs> if you're coming to a meeting in the United States and you're being paid by a US employer to attend that meeting, well, guess what? You're being paid to be there to attend that meeting. That's work. Right.
1: And we've seen people get stopped at the border and turned around for the mere reason is because they had some. Uh, you know, tools or equipment in their car. So yeah. I had someone who called me and they were, they owned a property, a recreational uh, property in the U S and they were coming down to paint. Um, they were going to, and they they had paint in the car and they had some paint brushes and tarps and stuff. And the officer said, what's all this? And he said, Oh, I'm going to be painting my house this weekend. And I said, no, you're not. That's work in the United States. And he said, it's my own property. Turned the guy around and said, hire an American to come and do that work. So you got to be careful what you have with you. Um, they're looking for that stuff. They're looking for tools. They're looking for equipment. Um, you know, any, anything you use in your job, a laptop can be considered, um, you know, a trigger to working in the United States.
0: Yeah. You're it professional. You have a laptop on you. They could question that they could actually confiscate your laptop and, and look at it and see what's on it as well as your phone, if they wanted to, to verify things. So, If you are working in the United States or say anything like unto it, they could refuse you entry to the United States until you get the proper authorization to do what you want to do in the United States. And run into people all the time to say, well, I know people that go all the time to the U.S. and I know they're working and they don't have a visa. How do they do it? Answer, because of what they say to the officer at the border. And we're not telling you... To deceive a border officer, but I will say it happens all the time that people will say, Oh, I'm going to my, you know, summer property. And then they don't tell the officer, well, I'm also gonna go visit some clients and do some work, you know, at a client site and whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That is not permissible. So they come in under something that's permissible, not well, not saying what their real intent is to come to the United States. Right. So and then eventually that. they get caught. So they may get away with it one time or two times, but then all of a sudden the border officer sees, wait a second, this guy's coming all the time. He's coming every Monday. Or on
1: a regular schedule, right? uh, Yeah, they're coming every Monday Mm -hmm. or they're
0: spending three weeks a month in the United States. What is going on here? And then they really drill with questions and they get get down to the truth and they find out, oh, wait, you're working. You can't do this. If you want to continue to do what you're doing, you have to first get a visa that authorizes you to do it. Right. And there are some main visas that we work with, or we with Canadians and are able to work in the United States. I'd say the primary one is the TN one visa status, it is designated for Canadian citizens to work in the United States under sixty-three designated professions, and these professions are, are they're pretty broad. You have you have accountants, you have engineers, you have computer systems anal- analysts, you have dentists, you have um, professors. I mean, we go on, there's there's (laughs) 63 different ones and crazy ones that you would never think of like a horticulturist, um, soil science, soil animal, animal breeders. (laughs) There there are things all over the place that, that qualify for a TN uh, work visa to work in the United States. Um, But
1: if, I mean, if you aren't working in the United States and a border officer says, Hey, I think you're working in the United States. How do you, how do you convince them that you're not? I mean, one of the things you can bring with you would be proof that you're working in Canada. Yep. So bring some pay stubs with you. And you a know. letter
0: from your employer confirming you don't work in the U.S. Right. And
1: that you're going on vacation for two weeks and you got to be back, you know, in a couple of weeks to, to resume your work.
0: I, they're on paid holiday. Yeah. Here's so, a letter of confirmation.
1: Right. Or, um, you know, maybe proof you're going to school in, in Canada and and showing that you are, you know, pursuing your education there and, you know, you're on spring break and you're coming back after spring break is finished. And, you know, then the officer may say, oh, okay, so I see why you're bringing your laptop. You're going to be studying. You got your, you know, you're
0: a valid reason other than work.
1: Right. So then, then you're okay. You're overcoming that presumption that that you're going to be working um, with some evidence.
0: Um, so you may need one of a TN visa to do what you're doing, and in addition to working in a profession uh, that uh, qualifies, you also have the have the qualifications to do so, and you must have to, a U.S. employer. Now, hitting on work visas, the majority of the time you cannot self sponsor for a work visa, and we get that question a lot. Do I need a sponsor? the general answer to that is yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, To get a TN work visa in the United States, you must have a U.S. employer or U.S. client who's sponsoring you for that visa. And then um, another common visa we see is an L1 visa. We see this where there's entities with both U.S. and foreign operations, and they're transferring qualifying employees from the foreign operation in Canada to the US operation in the United States or maybe
1: not even transferring they're just having the Canadian employee come down and and you know do some work in the United States for a period of time and maybe continuing to get paid by their Canadian employer but they need to do some work in the
0: US so yeah, visas. once you're flagged, as if you're working for, a, even if the company has a c- Canadian branch and, you, and you're lawfully employed in Canada, but they have a U.S. branch yeah. and they require you to come down periodically, they can tell you to get an L1 visa. Even though you're not coming to work permanently full time in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, they can tell you to get an L1 visa because you are getting paid to for, be work, here for work that you're per- being entity.
1: performed in the border of the United States. So. Yeah, and and another
0: that. mechanism for the L1 visa is maybe you have a company yourself in Canada. Right. Um, and you are thinking about opening operations in the U.S. and you want to expand those operations in the United States. Maybe you have U.S. clients. You know, maybe you're, you're a trucking company and, and you take loads to the U.S. and you don't want to do A to B, right? You want to then be able to do loads across the U.S. or whatever it might be to expand your business, you can open a U.S. operation and then use that as a mechanism to transfer yourself to the United States. Um, We see that a lot, as well as an investor visa or what's called a trader visa. So somebody who has a large investment in the United States, and it's important to note that it it cannot be purely residential or investment oh, purposes. Right. Yeah, a lot
1: of people call and ask about that. Hey, I bought a house in the United States. I made a big investment. Can I, you know, I'm going to rent this house out and it's going to be like a business, like a Airbnb. Can I get a visa for that? Yeah. No. So The it, answer is no.
0: It has to. So the, as part of your investment, it has to be for commercial or business purposes, not mm-hmm. residential. And you must be creating jobs for us workers as a part of it. And generally say at least three, three us workers. Yeah. If, if you have less than that, then it will call into question the purpose of your investment. If it's strictly to make an income for you and your family, that's not going to qualify. Right. uh, Or if it's residential. So if you're investing in a legitimate business that you need to come down here and operate, hire people because you've made that investment, then you might qualify for an e-visa. Or another situation we run into is individuals that maybe they, we run into this a lot with IT professionals, they have a lot of clients in the U.S. and they need to go down and perform client visits and, you know, do on-site work mm-hmm. for their clients. Uh, that might be a trader visa, what's called an E1 trader. An E1 trader is pretty broad and I think it's a very underutilized visa where you have Canadian businesses that have more than 50% of their client base, international client base. So you would exclude any Canadian businesses you work with. And if you do the math and you have over 50% of your clients in the United States well, then you might qualify for an E-1 visa to service your clients in the U.S. So working, the number two uh, reason we see, and we can give examples all over the place. Uh-huh. So if we go back to the L-1 example, we represent a, a big uh, manufacturer of healthcare products, and they have offices in Canada and just over here in Buffalo, so just across the border in Niagara Falls and here in Buffalo as well. And they have some employees that have to go to meetings, it's, and it's only a couple times a month. And for years that these people were coming across the border and they didn't have a problem until the border caught on. Hey, wait a second. Your company has us branch or it, the I don't know if it's the branch or, or the main office, but mm-hmm. there's an affiliated us office. You need a visa. You can't just be showing up to these meetings in the U S every week without a visa. So what did we have to do? Well, we had to get L1 visas for those individuals so they could attend those meetings in the United States. Uh, Other examples, maybe uh, individuals who have their own Canadian company, and we run into this a lot with IT people. Maybe they're a software engineer, and they run a software engineering company out of Canada, but they have some U.S.-based clients that they service and they've been going down to service those clients just you know periodically and then the border all of a sudden catches on oh wait you're going there quite frequently right. what are you doing oh you need a visa and that can be done that person if they have the right qualifications can get a visa to then service those clients in right. the and, i mean we
1: see a lot of times where the border will identify the issue and say hey you know what we think you need a visa to come in and do this and they don't deny the person entry but come on in you know we understand you're going to meetings today go come come on in and do that but next time you come we want to see a visa in your hand before we let you in to do this so they they they're usually pretty agreeable about it as long as you're upfront yeah. If they seem, you're think
0: it, you're trying to deceive them or pull the wool over their eyes yeah. you better watch out
1: right misrepresentation i mean that's that's
0: a bigger issue well and i think that leads into our final reason for refusal mm-hmm. that we see right inadmissibility issues right what is inadmissibility? well in order to come to the united states you have to show that you you meet the criteria to enter either as an immigrant or non-immigrant if you can't show that you meet that criteria then you're inadmissible and it's up to you to prove that you are otherwise admissible for them to allow you to enter the united states right. so for example for visa exempt person you need to show that you're coming for a valid reason but maybe you have a valid reason and when you were younger you decided that you would you know smoke a lot of weed and then (laughs) you you were hitting the bong a little too hard (laughs) and you got arrested and now you have this charge from your past
1: now you're criminally
0: inadmissible now you're criminally inadmissible so you have issues in your past right maybe you have you know assault and battery. Who knows? We could go on and on about the charges that you could have in the past. Yeah, there's
1: certain convictions, um, and it's not necessarily just charges, but certain convictions that you have in your criminal history that will make you inadmissible to the United States. Not all of them, so it's a little different than Canada. Canada doesn't admit people with DUIs. Um, The United States will, so if you have a simple DUI in Canada, you shouldn't be inadmissible to the U.S. Um, The reverse is not true for Americans going to Canada, but um, that is something that won't cause you admissibility issues but other things are beyond uh, you know criminal fraud issues, is the big one misrepresentation and fraud so yeah if you've lied at the border before and you've been busted for that they may have a transcript you know where you admitted to
0: not may so this is and this is a good point when you have an interaction mm-hmm. at a port of entry whether you believe it or not it's being recorded they may be nice to you and refuse you, or and let you in, or or whatever, and give you advice. Those officers have ulterior motives yeah, every time, and I, I promise you that. Um, yeah. Oh, I'll just come back, and, and you know we'll help you out. Yeah, well, they're baiting you. If you don't come back with the right information, you're going to be even more trouble. So, if you think you can show up at the Peace Bridge, for example, get refused, and then drive over to Lewiston, Queenston, and come in, you have another thing coming that the Peace Bridge will have put an assist in the reasons they refused you. And then when you show up at Lewiston, Queenston, they're going to pull those notes up and yeah, they're going to, and, and unless you've rectified whatever it is that you need to enter, then you're going to just cause yourself more trouble. Right. That's think called port this way. shopping.
1: That's, yeah. And that's their coworker, right? So yeah. they're not prone to overcoming decisions of their coworkers. And
0: who do they think they're going to believe? Right. Not you.
1: Yeah. So if there's a flag, you know, some kind of fraud or misrepresentation, um,
0: in your background, you may be inadmissible
1: to the United States. And the
0: reasons we talked about in the beginning, your intent and working in the U.S. could be inadmissible reasons, right? You're inadmissible because you have the wrong intent or you're inadmissible because you don't have a work visa. Those ones typically are very easy to overcome, right? You show that you are aren't immigrating that you're just coming as a visitor you show that okay i am going to work but here this time i brought the paperwork i need in order to get the proper visa to work so if you have been refused or denied entry into the united states it's recorded right
1: i mean there's a whole host of other reasons too so there's security reasons you may be inadmissible Um, you know certain nationalities for certain periods of time get higher scrutiny Um, that happens just because of world events um, maybe, you know, memberships in certain organizations can make you an admissible. Service in
0: certain military units. Sure.
1: Any of this could be a security. Political affiliations. Consider you a security risk and they bar your entry from entering the United States until you can prove to them that you're not a member, you weren't a member of these organizations. And the burden's on
0: you to prove that. Right. Right. If you it, You have to show up with physical evidence to show otherwise. And if you cannot do that, then they don't have to allow you to enter the United States.
1: And, I mean, we field a lot of calls in this area, and I will tell you that nine times out of ten, if they have, you know, determined that you're inadmissible to the United States, there's usually something there.
0: Yeah, they're good at their job. Mm-hmm. And whether that's as a visitor or, you know, working or one of these other uh, more severe inadmissibility reasons, they're good at identifying it. That's what they do. So they're trained. Yeah, our, our advice... Any interaction you have at a port of entry, pre-flight inspection, when you're entering the United States, be honest, mm-hmm. be upfront with those officers. Even if you have a situation that might require, you know, a waiver or a visa in the future to enter, if you are honest in that interaction, then the next time you try to come back, then they'll they'll know that, and then you come back with the evidence that that they're requesting. You're going to find it much easier to come back if you're prepared with the right evidence and documentation to seek entry, because if not, they can flag you to the extent that (laughs) that you're essentially never coming back to the U S if they don't like you, what you've said and how you've interacted. I've seen these border officers. I won't say ruin people's lives because the person ruined their life because of what they said and did at the border, but they put it in there and it's in that system. And, you can make it, they can make your life very, very, very difficult to yeah. come to the United I mean, States.
1: I've heard cases people call in and they the officer may have just had an inkling that this person was, you know, had a reason to be denied entry. Um, and the person acts belligerently at the border. Yeah. They're flagged and now they can't come in because of that behavior. And, you know, it may have been something minor that we would have been able to overcome, but now with this flag and this behavior at the border, they're, they're not getting in easily.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's another good point. A lot of these issues can be avoided if you seek proper advice and you do your research ahead of time. We see people take it for granted that they can just come into the United States because they're Canadian and they don't think twice about it. Right. They assume, oh, I have a Canadian passport. I can just go. Well, maybe Depends on what you're doing, but be careful. Do your research ahead of time. Make sure you don't need a visa. Make sure you don't have something in your past that might impact your ability to come to the U.S. If you are applying for a visa, make sure you have the right paperwork because, again, when you make these attempts at the port of entry, it's being documented, and they will know that you've had those interactions, so it's best to go prepared the first time.
1: You know, be deferent to these officers. They're doing a job, and they're trying to protect the border of the United States and you know, there are threats out there. So and I see a
0: lot of fraud misrepresentation. Yeah, I, I it, would say that's the number one thing they see is people lie to them all the time.
1: Right. And I think it's part of their training too, for them to be hard on people sometimes. So if they're being hard on you and curt with you um, you know, they're probably trying to find out something and they're using a certain technique. Um, just be deferent, remain professional. And usually the circumstance will be diffused uh, you know, your behavior instead of
0: escalated yeah and keep in mind that they share information and systems with Canada one of my one of my and I've ran into this multiple times when we used to be able to go to the port of entry with clients you know and you'd sit there as they're either going through the interview for a TN or an L visa Um, and this several times has happened I'm there with the border officer and my client and, and the officer asks the client have you ever been arrested Anytime in your life. Client, no, never. The officer looks at the client, asks again, Are you sure that you have <laughs> never been arrested ever any in your life? No, never. The officer kind of gives me a uh, you know a little stare and then says, Okay, have a seat. <laughs> I sit down with my client and I say He's <laughs> asking you me that multiple times. <laughs> He's looking Because at there something, is something yeah. in his system that says you have. Right. I said have you been, and this is not, this didn't just happen one time. This happened multiple times.
1: Let me guess. Can I, can I guess here? He said, yeah, but it was dismissed or yeah, but that was supposed to be sealed.
0: That was youthful offender. It was dismissed. (laughs) That was sealed. Or I was just a kid. They can't know about that. Yeah. I was, that was 20, 40 years ago. Yeah.
1: There's no way they know about that.
0: Exactly. And yes, they do. Yeah. So be honest because then now you're flagged. So in those situations, I was able to talk to the client and say, it, and they say, oh, I had this DUI and I'm just embarrassed, didn't want to talk. Well, they know it's not a big deal. They're going to let you in with your DUI. Right. But you lying about it and trying to cover <sighs> up could actually make you inadmissible. So right. don't do so that. So now
1: they're not trusting anything you say exactly.
0: at that point. You just told one lie. Now, they may not even believe you qualify for this visa. They may not even believe, believe that, 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 that this is a, a temporary visit. Yeah, or, you think yeah, or a think valid job offer. Right. So they question everything you say once you get caught in a lie. Yeah. So be careful, uh, and I'm, I'm. Be careful is the wrong wrong thing to say. Be honest. Be that upfront, is the right thing to say. Right? Be honest. Yeah. Be honest. Just tell the truth. If you're coming to the United States or you have a legitimate reason, what do you have to hide? If you have something to hide, well, <laughs> give us a call. We can't. Give you, no, I don't <laughs> know about that. Um, then, you know, you should be. A, obtaining the proper authorization prior to entering the United States. You shouldn't be approaching a port of entry with the intent to deceive and to enter the United States.
1: Right, and hopefully this information helps you to know when, when you will need that.
0: So if you have any questions about your admissibility to the United States, um, if you've been denied entry to the United States, we can help. We deal or if with you need to work in the United States. Work, yeah. live permanently, all of those. There's a mechanism for all of it as long as it's on right. Mm-hmm. um so also plug for our youtube channel and our website there's a lot of good resources out there that are available to you our website has um an faq section where a lot of these questions are answered if you have questions and need more details about specific things jump on our website go to the search bar search what it is that you're looking for and if it's not there you can also submit a question say hey this wasn't there can you answer it for me And we'd be glad to help you out Thank you for for listening today. Hopefully you found it helpful. And we look forward to meeting with you again in the future. Thank you for listening and have a great day.